Good morning. It is Danger Dan here in the talk shop. Last week, I flew up to Dayton, Ohio and got to sit down with Pat from Lead Sled. We recorded our first podcast about two years ago. Um, It was rad because in the podcast, we talked about going to Nepal or he was going to Nepal with Bear in Motorcycle Sherpa. Little did I know at the time I'd end up on that trip. Anyways, we sat down at his new shop. He he bought an old-ass fucking barn, remodeled the shit out of it, and it is super fucking cool. It is it is really a rad space, and I can't wait to see him finish it out. Uh, he's going to throw a fucking party there, and I'll be back for that, if not sooner. Uh, it, was, it was an amazing trip. From Dayton, we went to Fuel in Cleveland. Um, but, dude, when I landed, within... 30 minutes, I was on a van, in the woods, and then on a fucking dirt bike, riding with the Dayton Dirt Riders. And those motherfuckers, they got this place, they call it the fucking hellhole if you're not from there. They've got another name for it, but I'm going to refer to it as the hellhole because the terrain there was fucking gnarly. And they put me to the test. Thank you, Zach, for letting me ride your 350. He had a 2016 350 I think it was the EXC. It fucking blew my mind. Uh, the bike literally did everything I needed it to do and shocked the shit out of me uh, as to what I was able to do following these guys through the woods. It was crazy. They kept turning around and being like, holy shit, Dan's still there. Let's take him up the creek. Holy shit, Dan's still there. Let's take him down the fucking waterfalls. I went from two-finger clutching to three-finger to four-finger to try and use my whole arm. The arm pump set in way too soon. Those guys are in hella shape compared to what I'm in. Uh, but it set me on another path, dude. I'm. They do this every Wednesday, and since then, I've ridden every Wednesday. And today's Wednesday, me and Carlos are going to ride again, I think at Twin Hills up in Bridgeport. So uh, thank you, DDR. I met some super rad guys around a campfire there after we got done riding. And... Uh, Dude, it was an amazing experience. Thank you, Pat, for making all this happen. And, um, dude, I got some other podcasts the next day. Gary picked me up. You remember Gary from the Desperado Run. Make sure you reach out to GT5K if you want to do the Desperado Run next year. I'm sure he's taking applications. Uh, But he took me over to Cycle Electric. I got to tour the facility, and I'll tell you more about that next week when I release the, the podcast with Carl and Nick from Cycle Electric, dude. Just an amazing time in Ohio. Um, it was great. So, fuck, let's get into it. Thou shalt not hassle. I got to sit down and bullshit with Zach from Heavy while I was at Fuel. Uh, Dude, he's got his finger on the pulse. It's always good to sit down and hear what he's thinking and what he's got brewing up. He's got some new things in the works. Make sure you check out heavy.bigcartel.com. 
to check out all his merchandise. Um, dude, I saw a bunch of rad people at Fuel. Met a bunch of people that listen to the show. Thank you for coming up and saying the, the beautiful things that you said. And uh, I'll, there's no way I could remember everybody's name. But do it again. Let's let's talk again. Let's, let's meet again in the future. And, uh, dude, thank you. Thank you all. Thank you, Cleveland, for uh, the hospitality. I, uh, I was really – it was awesome. It was a great time. Uh, Mikey puts on one hell of a fucking show. He's got a great team, the lowbrow guys. Um, it was awesome to shake some hands and give some hugs to some of those people that I've only talked to through the interwebs and to see Tyler and Kyle, you know, got to hear the crazy story about Tyler fucking wrecking his motorcycle at just insane triple-digit speeds. Um, Kyle's got some rad things going on, man. It's always good to see those guys and catch up. So, thank you. I'll be back. I will definitely be back. Um, but before we get into this sit down with Pat from Lead Sled, I, I got some dates that are coming up, dude. We got the Mint Race in a couple of weeks in Las Vegas. Um, I talked to Scott from Milwaukee. Uh, Mama Tried is the same weekend as the Mint Race this year, but next year. They've moved Mama Tried to March 4th, 5th, and 6th, which is awesome because it's not during the Mint. In case I race the Mint again, uh, I'll definitely be at Mama Tried next year. That's got to – I got to go back. Those guys in Milwaukee are fucking great, and I can't miss that. So <clears throat> put that on your calendar. Milwaukee, Mama Tried, March 4th, 5th, and 6th. The Mint, March, through the, March 9th through the 13th. <clears throat> The Texas Fandango is April 1st through the 3rd. The Mezcal Moto, Rally, Mezcal Moto Rally is April 8th through the 10th. And that is a race from Austin, Texas to Oaxaca, Mexico. Yeah, dude, I got to get one of those guys on. We got to get some more information about that. Uh, Tennessee Motorcycle Music Revival will be May 19th through the 22nd. So... Dude, there's a bunch of events, a bunch of things going on. It's hard to even, like, figure out where to put myself next year, especially with all I can think about since going to Ohio is riding fucking dirt bikes. I know, dude. I'm, like, scouring Facebook Marketplace for a 350 EXC 2016 as though I'm going to find the same bike that, you know, I rode up there. That bike had been in the club. I think it was originally built by a guy named Gino and... Dude, it was just a fucking tractor. It did everything I wanted to do. It was, like, modern as fuck. It was such a great bike. Uh, somebody talked me out of buying one. That's that's what I need somebody to do right now. It's like, fucking find me on the gram or email me, dan at dangerdanstockshop.com, and convince me why I shouldn't buy a fucking brand-new KTM. Uh, you know, I've convinced myself that it would help me stay in shape. You know, I could ride it every week and, like, I'm not real good at like doing other things to for working out or whatever, but I know that it worked it worked me out like a motherfucker riding that bike for a couple hours in Dayton. So anyhow, that's the direction I'm going. I got a call yesterday. <clears throat> Pan America <clears throat> Whoa. The Pan America is done. Hopefully I'll get that back out here soon and start dreaming up the next fucking trip. I really think that you know, I'd, I think I'm going to end up doing the BDRs, like keeping it around the states and hammering out all of the BDRs. I need That reminds me, I need to call up Tim from Gigacycle. 
He's putting on a ride next year on one of the BDR routes that I definitely want to be a part of. He's got some crazy idea of like riding the Sportsters on the BDR. It's like, fuck. Uh, which does sound fun, uh, but I don't know if it sounds as much fun as riding my Pan America on the BDR. Anyways, I'll give him a call. Maybe he can talk me into that. Uh, I always like riding with Tim, dude. It was really cool seeing the fucking crew from Nepal. Uh, that went on the motorcycle Sherpa trip two years ago before we, or when we brought back COVID from China. Um, they were like, most of us were in Cleveland. I think we were missing a couple of faces like cool beans, <clears throat> rouser, obviously booty. Um, fuck. There was somebody else that wasn't there. I don't know. It was, it was awesome. Seeing all those faces again, bears firing up the motorcycle Sherpa trips next year, February, March, I talked to Casey this weekend at Just Kickers, and uh, we are we are we are forming a uh, a plan to go back to Nepal. So as soon as I have some dates, I'll let you know when we're going to do that. Um, I'm pretty stoked about that. Check out Motorcycle Sherpa on the gram. They've been posting a bunch of badass photos, 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 photos that Michael Lichter took. Over the past few years, you know, the tour he was on with us and then the various other tours that he went on. So there's a bunch of great content that will get you excited. Now, the vaccine thing, you got to have a jab to go over there. I looked into it. You got to have a jab to get in uh, or you don't have to have a jab to get in. You just have to hang out in a hotel for 10 days. So it is what it is. I, I am. You know how I feel about that if you pay attention at all. Um, but, you know. Not every other place in the world is as free as America. So, you know, yeah, it just, it is what it is. And there's some places outside of America I want to fucking ride my motorcycle. Not even mine. I just want to ride a motorcycle and explore. So, you know, things are going to have to be done. And, uh, you know, maybe you can help. Reach out. Dan at DangerDanceTalkShop.com. Now, this show is supported by MCShopTees.com, your T-shirt of the month club, the only way to support every local motorcycle shop. It's like a magazine subscription, but you get a T-shirt every month. That's right. Every single month, we feature a different shop from around the country. Yeah, sometimes even outside the country, depending on where I find them and who helps me out along the way. Uh, this month's featured shop is Spoken Dagger at a Spoken Dagger out of Buffalo, New York. Chris and his wife put this shop in, I think, five years ago this month. Congratulations on five years and having a motorcycle shop. Pretty impressive these this day and age. Uh, you know, it's not your typical shop. They don't do service. Uh, they just sell parts and gear, and then they also do classes that help you learn the ropes on working on your own motorcycle, which is a beautiful thing. Chris, thank you for doing that. We had Gorgeous George do some fucking badass artwork, and really the shirt should start popping up in mailboxes across this goddamn planet this week, maybe even today. You might be listening to this, and the shirt is in your fucking mailbox. So go check it out, and if you're not signed up at mcshoptees.com, make sure you sign up now so you do not miss next month's shop. I got a rad shop for you next month, and the only way I can guarantee you get one of those shirts is if you're signed up before the end of this month. So get on it. We've got men's cuts. We've got two different styles of men's, a soft shirt and a fucking heavy gilding style. 
And then we got women's cuts and kids' cuts. You can buy this in three, six, or 12-month packages as well for a holiday gift. I know you know somebody that needs some more badass T-shirts, or maybe they got shirts, but they don't have any badass shirts. So sign them up, get them started, and I'll take care of the rest. So thank you. Um, Another way you can support this show is by going to DangerDansTalkShop.com. And signing up on the Patreon. There's a Patreon link. Sign up, dude. You donate five bucks a month. You got a chance at winning some badass shit. I've given away a ton of rad shit on this show. A trip to fucking Nepal, dude. Motorcycle Sherpa. We gave away a trip to Nepal last year. Fuck, maybe it's been two years. It's been, but the world's been out of control. That's just fixing to happen. I've got a shovel head motor built by Boston Billy. At a and b Racing in Metairie, Louisiana that I'm giving away real soon. And you got to get signed up before the end of this month if you want to make it into that raffle. I've got a Chemical Candy, or I've got a Lowbrow Customs Frisco Mounted Sportster tank that Chemical Candy is going to lay some flames on, and we're going to give that away as well. Uh, what else? I've been giving away a $100 gift card to LowbrowCustoms.com, which... Is fucking rad, dude. Super fucking rad. Uh, before they were even helping out with the show, that's where I was going. That is the the best place to go. Now, ship they, they send shit out so fucking quick. They've got everything dialed on their website to let you know what they've got sitting on the shelf and what they don't have. That way you're not, you know, unnecessarily waiting on something. If, if they don't have it, they let you know up front. So, you know, you've experienced the shortages that we're seeing in all walks of life and everything. I'm having trouble finding a fucking an oil filler cap for an old bagger of my buddies. You know, it's a fat one with the swivel dipstick. It's like a six-speed or five-speed or some shit. But we can't find it. Harley said the end of January and drag and everybody else is like, we don't know. So I know somebody's got one of those sitting on their shelf. Hit me up. Once again, Dan at DangerDanceTalkShop.com. I'll buy that from you. I mean, I won't. Actually, I kind of will. This bike's been sitting in my shop for a fucking couple years now, and I stole the one that was in it for another friend, and now this dude wants his bike back, and I'm like, fuck, I can't find an oil cap to replace the one I stole from you. So I will be buying it, even though it's for my buddy. Um, Yeah, shortages. Anyways, lowbrowcustoms.com has got you covered. The communication is fucking far beyond what it should be or what it can be or dude they're just great go check them out lowbrowcustoms.com uh what else dude i got a fucking badass danger zone sign that uh my buddy alan wayne nichols put together it's it's fucking bitching dude a piece of wood uh that he painted and then he did some leather work and he fucking built this skull and iron cross out of this old metal that he found. It's it's fucking rad as shit. I really he somebody's gonna have a badass fucking sign. That's all there is to it, man. Al's a fucking badass, and he's building a shovel head right now, which I'm stoked to see him do. And I can't wait to see how that turns out. He's got a fucking he's got a great eye. So, um, DangerDanceTalkShop.com, MCShopTees.com. And LeadSledCustoms.com. Is that their website? Let me check that out, dude. Dude, Pat makes so much shit in-house that, like, if you're building a chopper, he's got something that you can use. Uh, one thing that's really rad, he was telling me about his, uh, well, let me see. Let me fucking try and do this. Lowbrow Custom. Yeah, Lowbrow, LeadSledCustoms.com. 
he you know he makes a bunch of fenders and he'll make them he'll make it whatever fender you want. But he was telling me about the material. And maybe we talked about this on the first podcast. I don't know. I'll I'll link that in the notes below. But he makes all of his fenders with 13-gauge steel, which I was like, that's interesting. That's an odd, you know, I never even heard of anybody using 13-gauge. And he's like, well, there's a company here in Dayton that used to put the fucking machine guns in the tops of Humvees, and they would cut out the top of a Humvee, and then that piece of metal, they just scrap it, dude. And he ended up buying, like, 18-wheeler loads of this fucking, you know, these tops of Humvees, which is 13-gauge metal, that he uses his machines and bends into fucking fenders, which is, it's fucking rad. I mean, just to think that you could have a fender on your chopper built out of a Humvee roof, that's pretty fucking cool. So, yeah, check him out, Lead Sled Customs. He's got the baddest fucking invader wheel. I mean, he he went to the master himself when the guy who was making invaders to begin with said, hey, man, I'm not going to do these anymore. He was like, wait a second, you can't, what do you mean? We can't not have invaders anymore. So he went to the guy's shop, learned the process, and, uh, you know, got his blessing to keep making Invader Will. So it's a super rad fucking thing. And he's got some real cool <clears throat> new stuff in the work with RKG. Maybe I'm not supposed to say it, RKB. Anyways, he's doing some rad things. LedSledCustoms.com. And he's the raddest motherfucker ever. If you've hung out with him at any show, you know that he fucking has a good time at all times. He's one of the baddest fucking riders I know. Um, and just an all-around great guy. So I'm stoked to have him as a friend, and I'm stoked for you to get to hear a little bit from him right here. So let's get into it. Pat, let's let customs. I mean, if it messed up, <coughs> it didn't mess up bad enough for me to not put it out. You know when we recorded it? No, man. That's... July 31st, 2019. And this is on... Somebody else's website. It says, it says discover more at Danger Dan's Talk Shop, but I don't even know whose website that is right there. Uh, but we, what, we were across the street, down the way a little bit, and now you're into this fucking new building? It's crazy. Yeah. And it's almost been a year? Yeah, I've got enough room now for a cat to walk around. <laughs> Used to be no cats, <coughs> no cats in the shop, dude. There's no room for one. Dude, so how long has this building been here? Like the bones of it that you built around? Well, 1904, a dude carved his name into one of the posts in the office. 1904 is when he carved that. So we figure the barn was at least built in the late 1800s. That is fucking wild. Yeah, it's dude. nuts. That is wild. What's crazy is the beams in the building. Yeah. You know, we're looking at the wall, and we're like, okay, 1904, that's a definite date on the wall. But we're like, look at how big these beams are. Like, how old are the trees that they cut down to build this building? Oh, shit, that's a good point. Exactly, it's like, dude. And how did they truck them in far, or was it cut down the road? Laid milled down the road? Yeah, I would say at one time, though, you know, this was probably all wood, so probably back then it wasn't hard to come by with trees. Like, a lot of the footers that I broke up that I had to kind of get out of the way were a lot of river rock and stuff. And, you know, you saw just over the hill is the river down there. Yeah. So they were going down the river and getting rocks and Bringing mixing it together. Right like that concrete, I had to go buy or rent a uh, jackhammer for the bobcat and my backhoe. And it was even hard getting that concrete broke up with that stuff. That concrete was so freaking hard <laughs> and thick. 
Like back then, dude, they pour a footer and it might be like a five foot wide footer. Just they didn't care. Just load her up. No shit. So, but yeah, it's nice having space. <clears throat> I look around now and I'm like, how did all this? That's what I was wondering when I came in here because it's not like there's a bunch of empty space here. No. <laughs> no, dude, we just, you know, as soon as we moved in here, it was really funny because I told Joe, I'm like, we're all going to have to get our own grinder and stuff now. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, at the old so shop, yeah, at the old shop, it's like, dude, hand me that grinder. Like, we all just shared the same tools because we we're, <laughs> I mean, what? The furthest we could be away from each other is 25 feet. You know, yeah. so we just all share the same tools, and then we got down here. It's like you're gonna have to get your own grinder, bro. Because <laughs> I'm tired of walking over here getting the grinder, you know. Oh, or, that's so funny. Or yeah, just, he was talking about tools, you know. Like now, if I leave something on the other side of the shop, you know, it takes oh, me yeah. half an hour to get over there and get yeah, it. Yeah, I gotta walk over there and get yeah. it. So it's great though. We've got a lot done in the last. How year. has it changed your production? <laughs> other than that, you know. Oh, it's huge. Like uh, we've. Let's see, in two more weeks, we'll have actually been in here in a year. Um, when we first just started moving in was the day after Thanksgiving last year. And we just started, this room wasn't even built. So that hole in the wall right there was just covered with plywood and we were working out of that room. Okay. Within one week, we had enough moved in to where we started going back to work. So we only missed a week of work trying to move in wow. at least what we needed to our welders and our benches. And then we just got back at it. And then slowly throughout the year, you know, like, I might move that CNC in, you know, and then we'll move the other CNC in. So it's been, like, a work in progress. As you can tell, like, we still got to finish. We got to put a heater in this room. We still got a little insulation to finish, but... This is the only completely new add-on, huh? No, that that room there is also... This oh, used to be... you guys added that room on? Yeah. Okay. They used to be rooms, but I tore them down and redid them. This room gotcha. here was yeah. just, like, okay. a lean-to. It was only about this wide. Gotcha. But I added some square footage to it. But uh, So these two concrete slabs are what you put in? Yeah. And we concreted underneath the barn in that room there because that was all dirt and horse stalls and stuff. <laughs> but uh, as in production, yeah, we've done enough just this year alone to where I'm like, there's no way imaginably we could have done this much work. It was finally to the point to where it was affecting our bike building it affected a decent amount. I always hoped that I would in that own that property down there, and I wanted to add on to that building because that's a cool old building too. Dude, the way you had it, I, when when you started telling me that you were gonna move shops, all I could think about was how that building is gonna have to be torn down to get all your shit out of there. <laughs> like, because well, the way it was all crammed in, I mean, it was like you rebuilt, you kind of like remodeled that thing around the machines as you moved them in there. Oh, we did. That place just kept morphing and morphing and morphing because it's like everything we had to do, it's like... So would the guy not sell it to you because he was like, or probably would have, but he just hiked the price up because he saw how invested you were already? Or? No. It, uh, his name was Bob. He passed away, but he was a good old school, just hardworking dude. You know, one of those guys. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, He's got a decent amount of rental property and stuff, and uh, he was always really cool to me. You know, when I wanted to start Lead Sled, <clears throat> which I didn't even really know what that meant, he's like, <laughs> I went and looked at the shop, and I'm like, it was just a decrepit piece of crap. Like, You're like, this will work. I was like, dude, I just walked downstairs, I'm looking around, I'm like, this is perfect. And uh, at that time, I was, me and my buddy was going to go in together and start a shop. 
And at that point... It wasn't Gino, was it? No, not Gino. He'd have been a great partner, though, but I would have probably had to do all the work. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... So I, my buddy showed up, and we're down there looking around, and uh, I could tell he wasn't into it. Yeah, oh, the building? Yeah, yeah he's yeah. looking around like, you're going to, you want to start a bike shop here? And yeah. I'm like, I'm just already looking. I'm like, dude, it's already, you're already sold. it's here. Yeah. And uh, I could tell he wasn't having it, because he brought, like, his father-in-law and his wife down to look at it, and I could tell they were walking around like, is this dude crazy? And I probably was. And... Uh, I just saw it. I'm like, this is it. <clears throat> so I called him like the next day. I'm like, look, man, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but we've been looking for a spot to rent for like two years. Oh. And I'm like, I think I'm just going to start the shop down here, you know? He's like, all right, cool, man. So we were cool. And uh, that was it. That was it. Then I started freaking painting and cleaning up the place and just making it happen. And, uh, here we are today. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a freaking what at this point. When I even started cleaning that place up and doing it, it's probably been like what, 21, 22 years at this no point. Oh shit. Yeah. So we were down at the other shop for pretty much 20 years. You know, at one time I had like, when I first started, I was just using the basement. That's how small we were. There was like a refrigerator down there and like one bike lift, and I'm down there, you know, staying on some bondo. Just doing my own little thing, you know. Yeah. I finally got a bandsaw. I'm like, that's cool. I got a bandsaw now. I can cut metal. Then finally I got a lathe. And I'm like, oh, sweet. I can make a grip or a peg or something. Then I got a bridge port. <clears throat> I'm like, that's nice. At least now I got a drill press. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just kept morphing into things, you know. It's like <clears throat> I would have some buddies that would, like, then it got to a point to where, you know, we invented the hardtail. We're like, let's start manufacturing these hardtails. Well, then I needed motor mounts built because I got to where I was drilling out too many motor mounts on the bridge port. It's like, man, we gotta get these things CNC. That'd be cool, you know, to buy like 50 motor mounts at a time to where I don't have to make these anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> but then just throughout time, it seemed like, you know, I'd have buddies that would help me out and stuff, but you know, they were just helping me out. But then it's like, I would get busy enough to where it'd probably really kind of be a burden for a buddy to help me out anymore, you know? So then I would just, buy a piece of equipment to do that job, to help me do that job. And then it just kept rolling into, hey, buy that, because that'll help do that. Keep buying that, you know what I mean? And that's like, well, we powder coat, we water jet. I mean, do you send any, uh, send anything out? Chrome. Anything? Chrome. But you know, it's funny. <laughs> I saw that plating place <laughs> yeah. last night. Yeah. Is that where it goes? No. Um, they don't do very good chrome down there. Um, Dayton wire wheel okay. that makes it Dayton wires. Oh, date, yeah, Dayton's. Yeah, they do my chroming for That's me. That's right. That's right. And uh, yeah, dude, it's crazy. I'll go down there and they'll have like, I don't know what size wheels they have now, like 48s. It's nuts. <laughs> you go down there and there's like a freaking set of 48 Dayton's down oh, there. I'm like, dude, who gosh. are those going to? So when they do those, they got to chrome the spokes individually than the wheels, right? Or is that like, they build the wheel, the spokes, drop it all in there. Yeah. What's crazy is they kind of do, like, wheel rings and stuff. They used to do a line of motorcycle parts, too. So I'll go down there, and they have pallets of rings just like these, like I do with Invaders. And uh, they have dimple 
machines down there, like those dimples where the spokes and stuff go into the wheel. Oh, they yeah, sit yeah. there by like hand this. and put all the dimples in the wheel. They machine all the hubs down there. I've walked around like crazy because I've, you know, always thought it'd be sweet to have like an Impala with some Dayton's on it. So I'm very interested when I'm walking around down there. Van with some yeah, Dayton's right. on it, My dude. big four-wheel drive van with yeah. some Dayton's on it. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Are they cool around. cats over there? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty sweet establishment. <clears throat> but, yeah, they do my chrome. And at one point, I thought about possibly somewhere down the road. I'm like, I could build another building over there, and we could start a chroming facility. Because I'm like, it'd be sweet just to learn how to chrome and do chroming. I mean, that's one of the bigger problems that, a, not a lot, but people run into that are building bikes, show bikes especially. It's like finding, you know, either somebody has a chrome shop that they're beholden to, they won't go anyplace else because it's work for them, or yeah. somebody's looking around. Well, and the thing is, too, is like nowadays, chroming... Yeah, they're making it so difficult. <clears throat> like, if you find a chrome shop, they're more into production now because they've got some type of contract with places, so they have their racks set up and they do what they do. They don't want to doink with like a primary cover on a soft tail anymore. Yeah, you know they what don't mean? want to throw that in the lineup. Yeah, so it's like you know they got to change up their tanks and blah 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 and whatever. But so yeah, it's it's kind of getting to where I feel like eventually chrome plating is going to be maybe a thing of the past. You know, back in the day, you know, even in um, the 90s, it was like, you know, Brown's plating. There was all these places that kind of specialized, especially in motorcycle parts. Mm -hmm. You know, you could send your whole entire motor covers down there and they'd freaking do you up. Now it's like to come by that is pretty hard to find. That's why I was kind of like there's a dude out of Pittsburgh um, that used to do motorcycle chroming. And my Chris Callen from Cycle Source knows these cats. And uh, when he passed away, these guys bought all of his chroming stuff. So I was kind of talking to them about maybe purchasing all that equipment and just, it'd be cool to have a shop to where it's like, it's just motorcycle stuff. Like we're not chroming nothing but motorcycle stuff. Yeah, I don't know that's one of it. those. No, like that's all we want to chrome. I mean, from what I, the way I understand it's the EPA regulations on the process make it to where exactly. they have have <laughs> to have a streamlined operation to. Exactly. So that's that lies my problem in you know how much do you want these dudes sniffing around your place oh yeah nobody wants that yeah um just joking if you're listening ha ha <laughs> when <laughs> i was in the plant industry i uh, you know i work with a lot of pesticides and herbicides uh-huh and at one point i was like man i had to go get certified so that i can the owner of the company was like no they let you buy as soon as you go and tell them this is what you're doing then you got to keep records like right now you just pay the fine. If they show up, I'll pay the fine for you. You know, like I'd exactly. rather that than them coming around. Yeah, sniffing. well, exactly. Because as soon as you go fill out the correct paperwork, they're going to be like, oh, what are you doing over here? Oh, that's what you're doing. Yeah, huh? you never knew what I was doing before. Yeah. <laughs> but now I signed the wrong piece <laughs> yeah, of what, paper. Yeah, what else are you doing? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Nothing, dude. Yeah. Yeah, would, yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, so I don't know. It's something I'm, but, you know, out of just like, I mean, how much chroming do you do now? I mean, I, a lot of your stuff is powder coated. Well, I mean, you see the, the 20 wheels. Invader wheels yeah. out there. I yeah. mean, and Springers. I mean, we do a lot of chrome. And the thing that's nice is to be able to offer that to customers. You mm -hmm. know, it's not, you know, it's not a Taiwan Springer front end. 
You know what I mean? It's not something you're getting from overseas that's already chromed. It's like you're buying something American made and we're being able to offer it in chrome too. I feel like that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. You know, because you, a, a lot of shops and stuff that you might get a Springer from, there's a lot out there that, that build nice products, but it's like, you know, not everybody can offer chrome. And it just so happens, you know, we have a place right here in Dayton that we're able to use. And they don't do outside plating. They only do our outside plating. Really? Yeah. You're the only person they go yeah. for. Yep. Yeah, you just got to keep that relationship going. Yeah, right? Yeah, I got to send them start. some chocolates at Christmas. Yeah. Well, you don't need to try, just try and do your own building when they're, you know. <clears throat> well, no, that's another. Well, what I was about to say was just like Lud said is like this company is built out of necessity. Yeah. It's the products we build were out of necessity of what I wanted for myself, you know, or, or what I liked, you know, and all of the equipment we've bought and what we do is because we've we've had to take care of ourselves. So it's like, I look at the chroming to where I'm like, man, I don't really want to do it. It's not something I'm, it'd be exciting to learn how to chrome and stuff. Well, but the knowledge of how to do it in case exactly. you needed to in the future. But what just happen. sucks is that's a whole other business entity on its own. But I look at it, I'm like, man, am I going to have to start chroming somewhere down the road? Yeah. Because I mean, if it goes away, it's like, I mean, just like Invader Wheels, Scotty called me and he's like, you know, do you want to buy these last couple invaders I got? Because I'm going to stop building invaders. I'm like can't stop building invaders <laughs> yeah. like what are we just gonna say invaders are not built anymore i'm like dude no, no way no so i went out there and he showed me how to build him and i took it over for him and uh you know it's like with chromie i'm like we can't just yeah, not you, chrome you don't want that call i mean from you know you don't need Dave a chrome Mills. bling bike but it's like dude you gotta have a sweet chrome sissy bar on your bike oh, or yeah. you know there's oh, yeah. there's chrome it's got its stuff that you need sure yeah Wheels being one of the top. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, you know, chicks dig chrome. You can't just stop doing it. So how did uh, 2020 affect, I mean, I think you're the first manufacturer that I've talked to since we, you know, experienced last year. Mm -hmm. Like all the shops were filled up with, you know, we, everybody was getting overloaded. The shipping's been a pain in the dick. Remember at the beginning of the pandemic, it seemed like there was this like new driven made in USA like there was a there was like a small point in time where people were like oh shit you know we need to start I don't know there was like an American made movement for a short period mm -hmm. and then it kind of disappeared and everybody started buying shit on Amazon that got shipped to their house mm -hmm. uh, I mean what, what was it like <clears throat> for you last year you were doing so, you had so much going on yeah I guess, <clears throat> well what's funny was when <clears throat> when I started lead sled was when the economy tanked and I, well, no, in 2002, 2003 okay. was when it got really bad. And I was so broke then, it's like I couldn't really make a wrong move because I couldn't get any more broke, right? <laughs> so the shop blossomed then, which is a crazy, amazing, awesome thing. And then it's like, yeah, when this COVID whatever happened, it's like that was the time I started this moving down here and building this establishment. So, you know, my whole time I've been like, COVID what? Cause yeah. I'm busy, bro. I don't have even time to think about what I'm hearing or seeing. Like I'm not sick, so I gotta keep moving, yeah. you know? And uh, as soon as it happened, you know, nobody kind of knew what was going on. So no, you were- Nobody still, still nobody yeah, knows right? exactly what's But when going it first on. happened, you were yeah. kind of like, whoa, like I don't, know what's yeah. going on you I'm know? sure but I'm thinking well everybody's got to stay at home so 
I told Jen, I'm like, let's do a sale, you know? Because either nobody's ever going to buy anything ever again because we're all going to die. <laughs> or I'm like, all these dudes are going to be at home. And I was just trying to be cool. It wasn't a thought to make money. I'm like, you know, these guys are going to be at home. Like, let's knock some uh, money off our parts to where these dudes can maybe buy something and tinker around in their garage. Mm -hmm. So nobody goes insane. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, honestly, it's all of that happened. And then we just started getting busier. I'm like, wow, it's like so insane. Like, I thought, you know, all people were buying us toilet paper, but they're buying it. All the motorcycle parts. The bikers too. were buying. <laughs> yeah, the bikers were we'll buying. Use anything. Yeah, they're like, dude, I just need a hardtail or a fender, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, we're out of toilet paper. I don't care. Yeah. I got a hardtail. But no. Uh, so I mean, we were. Jim, yeah, so you started it off with a sale, like, hey, yeah, you guys need something to do. That's where my brain went. <clears throat> I'm thinking, hey, if things are getting tough, let's give dudes a break. Yeah. So, uh, you know. I feel like I guess that worked out. I really didn't have game plans to try to make something work out, but it did. And we just got busy and we've still just been just chugging along. You know, we ship parts everywhere. It's it's insane. Like I told Jen we gotta start like I think she's got it kept track of somewhere, like the furthest places we've sent parts to. Oh, at this point I'm sure they've gone everywhere. Dude, we've sent parts to where I'm like I swear all they do is ride camels there. Yeah. I'm like, somebody even has a motorcycle there? Like, there's no way. Yeah. What you kind know? of, what does what what somebody in a place like that buy? <clears throat> Surely you're not buying a hardtail kit, you know, like, they don't got a Sportster there. I know we've sent rims everywhere, frames. I mean, what's crazy is, like, we've sold a couple frames to where dudes will buy a frame and spend more for shipping than what they paid for the frame. That's where it's going. So remote. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Like, so what is, what, uh, if you had to break down your sales is like 50% going to like wholesalers or, you know, that, or just the guy calling you up on the phone or sending an email or, well, you know, we've been doing business with lowbrow now for, how long have we been doing business with those guys? Probably, it feels like five, six years. <clears throat> and they sell a lot of our product, which is awesome. And the thing that's cool that I love about Lowbrow is these cats can call, and if they, they're getting ready to start selling all of our wheels. So it's like you can call them, and if, if, if they sell what you want, you can have it shipped that day. Dude. You know, that, so it's that like, still blows my mind. Yeah. So it's like, that's out. awesome that, that we ship a lot of parts to them. But the, on the other side of that, it's so awesome too, because I've always, I still consider myself a garage builder. Um, I don't think I'll ever leave that mentality of just who I am and what we do and how our shop runs. We're just garage builders that have a really big place and a lot of stuff to play with at garage. this point. Yeah. But, uh, so we still sell a lot of parts from dudes just calling us, you know? And the, my, one of my favorite things is, is when a dude just calls us um, to talk about his project a little bit because he might need something a little specific that he doesn't see because you're getting a new we're idea a custom too. shop. Yeah, and it's like, you know, a dude will call us and be like, hey man, I'd like to have an invader, but 
I'm doing this, you know, like, can you, I need a seven and a half inch rotor. And I'm like, dude, I'll cut you one. Like, well, my hub, I need it to be this wide. I'm like, I'll make you one, you know? Yeah. Like how much extra? I'm like, nothing. I can just do that while I'm doing this, you know, and get you exactly what you want, you know? We're not just a company to where it's like, we specifically make this and yeah. that's all we know how to do and that's all you can buy. You know, it's like, just call us, man. Whatever project you got, we'll jump right in there and that's awesome. just build you whatever you need, you know? And a lot of times we can just discuss it and figure out what you're doing over the phone because we ride choppers and build them and yeah. ride them, you know what I mean? Might, you might have some experience yeah, to yeah. pass along. Yeah, yeah, we've done that before, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, this place was built. Um, I'm lucky and blessed enough to where I'm making a living at it, but it never started from uh, starting a business. You, mean you didn't get into motorcycles to make money? Yeah, I never really had a game <laughs> plan. I kind of still don't. Yeah. And uh, I still joke to this day. I mean, it's been like, what, 20, 22 years, and I'm still like, yeah, I'm thinking about starting a bike shop. Yeah. You know, just never really had a game plan. It's kind of crazy. My life's worked out as good as it has because I've never really thought too far ahead. Mm -hmm. You know, I guess just working and sucking wind. So when did you uh, do the job? When did you gain, get enough momentum going where you could start riding dirt bikes like you do? Because, you know, that takes some time. But I guess the Wednesday nights helps. What you guys got going and shared with me last night was really fucking cool, too, and I do appreciate that. Yeah, dude, Wednesday nights. Let's see, I bought my first KTM 200 in 2007. Did you sell a Sportster to get it? No, I finally, I had a, a YZ125 when I started the shop, you know, that I just doink around on. Well, when I started the shop, I used to rock climb, snowboard, kayak, like every weekend, Jen and I, we'd be down in West Virginia, um, kayaking, I used to fly all over the I saw the rock stuff on the walls yeah. downstairs. We used to rock climb a lot, hike a lot. Heck, we used to do some like rock climbing competitions and stuff. Really? And then when I started the shop, I was just so involved in the shop and having so much fun doing what I was doing, I started realizing I'm like, I don't really, do my hobbies anymore because yeah. like this has turned into my full-time love hobby you know what I mean and uh so you know that YZ was sitting there I'm like I don't really ride that anymore so I just sold it <clears throat> and then it took well 2007 what four or five years till I was finally like I started just making enough money to where I could pay my DPNL my light bill without like really sweating it so I had like probably an extra two or three hundred dollars. I'm like, I should probably go buy a dirt bike again, because like now I'm doing enough and I'm established enough to where I'm like, I, I could go ride a dirt bike now. Like I got enough well, time. It, I think it's <clears throat> it's also good to have stuff like that that you're doing outside of what you're grinding on every day. You know? Oh yeah, just to like break a new experience, get you fresh for coming back the next day. Exactly. Well, it's therapy. Yeah, there you go. You know the beautiful thing is is like on a Wednesday night when we go ride dirt bikes. You know, sometimes you might go and you kind of don't even want to go because you're too pressured, you got too much going on, and it's like, man, it's, it's a headache to, to just go to the club. I got too much on my brain. Yeah. But the beautiful thing is, is if you just force yourself to go five minutes into it, you forgot everything you're well, even It's funny about. you say that because I've got a ton of shit going on back home, and I was like, earlier this week, or I guess it was late last week, I was like, I'm going to fucking, I got, do I really need to go to Ohio right now? Like, mm -hmm. I got... I got yeah, yeah. some shit that I need to do here. And I was like, no, 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 it's happening. You're going. 
and it was that that was my experience. It was like, no, I'm going. Yeah. We got off the plane and then bam. Yeah. Smiles for two hours, you know? (laughs) And then you forget everything you were stressed about. So awesome. And that's the thing, it's like uh, you know, just like you said, it's kind of crazy sometimes to make yourself because it's really easy to stay focused and have a bunch of crap on your brain and have a bunch of stuff you have to do. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's kind of responsible too, I think, sometimes to responsibly make yourself be a little irresponsible because you need to be a little irresponsible sometimes. Can we sometime. say that again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah like, you're right though. Yeah, you need to like, it's like chill, bro. You can mm-hmm. always do what you have to do. Go do you're something gonna, you don't have, have to do to for do a minute yeah. that's maybe fun and forget about everything you gotta do for a minute, yeah. you know? Reset. I don't know what that, you could do it in a lot of different ways, but preferably on two wheels and a dirt bike is a good place to start. Right. <laughs> so, but yeah, that was a blast last night. Dude, you rode like a champ. I was just surviving. Yeah. I driving, but, <clears throat> I was surviving. That just proves what a human's capable of doing. <laughs> when your buddies are like, hey, get on this dirt bike and let's go. Like, it's like, well, he's still back there. Like, well, let's do this. Well, he's still back there. Like, well, uh, where can we go to where I, Dan's I, not going to be there? Never have I un- like offloaded <clears throat> an airplane, driven right into the woods. Yeah. And been tested. Not exactly. just like, <laughs> I just go for a ride. You know, like, no. I've jumped off the airplane <laughs> and gotten on a bike and cruise, but... Never have I been tested like just that. like right out of the game. blood going straight to your forearms yeah, and see? what'd you like say, say you that, started out with like, one finger clutch then two then three and then I'm trying to get my pinky up there to pull that <laughs> and it was the easiest clutch I've oh, ever yeah. worked in my entire life and then eventually it's your whole hand trying to pull the clutch oh, back oh no, then it was my arm I'm like usually you know when you just like <laughs> when your hand gets cold and you can't use your fingers like you're just trying to do whatever it took man. Yep, that was great. That what was a, a great time. spot that is. And and it's not like any spot I've ever ridden at where, well, I mean, I guess it's kind of like, but a lot of trails like that, I guess a lot of single track that I've ridden is all on BLM. So it's like, stay on the trail, you know, like, don't differ, you know, don't. Yeah. You know, if you get off the trail, somebody's going to get mad at you. Or you well, just out of respect so that that trail yeah. stays. I mean, I get why they do it. Like, oh, yeah, it for sure. For sure. Figure that. But out there, you guys, it's like, you know, it, Coming around me, on, like there was no nothing off limits. I no. guess was pretty. Well, you cool. know, it used to be the trash dump way back in the day. All that terrain and all that just craziness. It's it's kind of insane that that's. If somebody flew you there in a helicopter and blindfolded you and dropped you off, you would think you were in Southern Ohio. It was when I was flying in. It was flat. Yeah. And I was like, where the fuck are we? Yeah. Where are these guys ride out here? Yeah. Like, it's literally farm cornfield. fields, and then there's little bitty like. Spots of trees. Yep. That's yep. it. And then uh, then there's the DDR. <laughs> the DDR. It's like, is that what you guys call that spot? The DDR? Dayton Dirt Riders. Yeah. Yep. Dayton it's like the little heaven. But and, some and of the pros that are in there call it the hell hole. Because it's, you obviously seen the trails and stuff. There's nothing. It's a great training facility. What did me say? You said it's like we, we have a rule where we ride it like it lays. The tree oh, yeah. falls on your favorite trail. You don't get to you move don't that clean tree. It up. No, you don't clean it up. Like you might chop it to like at least get like the big branch off of it to lay in a pile to where we can start running it over. And the bigger it is, the better it is. But uh, <laughs> other than that, yeah, it's like oh, it's blocking that trail. It's like well, that was a good trail while it was 
while it lasted. So now we're going to make a new trail. Yeah, good things don't last forever. Yeah, right? So now it's like it's morphing into either you go over this tree or now you figure out a way to get around it. You know, uh -huh. Like we're not cutting it and moving it. And, dude, if you cut stuff down there and move stuff, you get yelled at. We don't have it. It's like, dude, you're not, you got to be like a special, you got to know somebody to be able to even walk around down there with a chainsaw because we don't let anybody loose with a chainsaw. Really? Yeah. It's like, get out of there with that chainsaw. Well, that's funny because when we pulled up, I saw homeboy with the pole saw out of his truck. I was like, oh, it's trail maintenance night. You know, like, nope. No. That was just, that was just, hey, that branch down there is hitting all of our vans when we drive in, so let's clean that up. Oh, There's no so trail good. maintenance. Yeah, what a great spot to train. So is that the kind of stuff that you race through? Like how, what, tell me about the racing that you do. Well, I try to do enduros when I can. I love single track racing, but uh, we do, um, I do the IXCRs and some Southern Ohio series, but like IXCRs, like a cross country series, like the, the tracks might be anywhere from eight to 10 mile loops. And uh, they always have great terrain and um, you pretty now, much- Now is it single track or is it like a, eight foot wide track no the four-wheelers race first so a lot of times we'll be racing on roughly what the four-wheelers raced on saturday but then for the bikes the afternoon class they'll usually put in a special single track area like a lot of times you might run through woods that they've just walked through and put arrows up so your first lap or two is pretty insane in some sections because you're just kind of chasing arrows it's really cool but um yeah, those, those races will last, depending on how the leader is doing, you know, your race is anywhere from two to two and a half hours. So uh, I enjoy that kind of racing because it's just like two hours of straight concentration. Yeah. You know, or just. Always changing terrain. Yeah. But I never was a fan of like, you know, probably because I didn't get to do it a lot, but like riding a track. I always liked that trail, like seeing something new, mm -hmm. trying to like, and I, we talked about riding trials. I enjoy. I I used to make fun of my buddy on his trials by going slow until he had an extra one. He's like, "No, just come come ride this," and you know, just the problem solving that goes into manipulating the bike. You gotta take it. Oh, you gotta go. Yeah, I gotta use the restroom. Yeah, <laughs> my baby's dropping. All right, so we had to take a break there, but guess what? I'll get back to it in a second. I just wanted to remind you to go to leadsledcustoms.com for your chopper needs or go to lowbrowcustoms.com for your chopper needs or go to mcshoptees.com so you can look badass on your chopper and you can learn about some of the baddest fucking chopper shops, motorcycle shops, all around badass motherfuckers in the fucking world. And go to Danger Dan's Talk Shop if you want to win a shovelhead motor for your fucking chopper or you want to win a badass Chemical Candy Customs. Did I tell you how badass fucking Randy from Chemical Candy Customs is? Because he he's just a fucking badass, dude. He makes me look like a badass when he paints my shit. And you could look like a badass, too, with a badass fucking Chemical Candy Customs painted Frisco Sporty Tank from Lowbrow Customs. How many times have I said customs on this podcast? I have no clue. We're also giving away a Danger Zone sign from Alan Wayne Nichols, the tattoo troubadour. Get in where you fit in, motherfucker. Back to Pat. Straight to uh, <clears throat> last night when we were talking to your boys about uh, Nepal. That was too good, man. That was too good. We hadn't had time to do that since, since then, really, me and you. We're nah. A little bit at the shows, we see each other, but like we were talking about, just having that time over there 
was the first time I'd gotten to hang out, hang out with a lot of those people and do that, you know, where we weren't busy at a show running around. And it was pretty amazing. And now they're, they're getting, getting, they're lining it up to do it again. Dude. It would be sick to have a DDR ghost in Nepal. Oh, wow. <laughs> Better have those bikes ready. <laughs> uh, Man, that was so cool, though. I mean, you know, we went to Nepal. We came home. We had, like, what, a summer maybe? And then it's like COVID hit. So everything no, I got brought shut it back down. With me. Yeah, right? <laughs> so it's like everything shut down. But it's like now they're gearing back up. And it's like they're killing me with all the pictures they're putting up. And they're yeah. over there. I'm like, I know that Bear's over there running around with booty. And they're just. Is that where Bear's at? So we're not going to see him this weekend? I don't know. I, You know, depending on when he's putting up pictures up, if he's there right now or if he's already been there and now he's back. Well, they've been posting a lot I'm of sure pictures we'll drill him this trip, weekend. Dude. Yeah. yeah, right? What a, what a time out there. Yeah, going back. For but yeah, sure. now that I see they're doing it again, it's just killing me. Like I'm like, dude, we got to go back. Yeah, win. It'd be cool win. to do another, another aspect of the place over there. Definitely got to land in Kathmandu. That's where yeah, you got to start out. I mean, yeah, that's the spot right there. It might be the only airport <laughs> in, in the place. Well, now we, I think no, about now it. that I remember, we did the, uh, the podcast last. You were talk. We talked about it, and I wasn't going at that point. Just hearing you talk about it, I was like, oh, fuck, that sounds amazing. And then it worked out where I ended up on the same motherfucking trip. That's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, we talked about it then. Yeah, that was a group of good dudes, too. I mean, it was just great cats. Everybody could ride. Everybody did a great job. Um, and it was well documented. Oh, yeah. Like, done well, too. I mean, Booty oh. and Bear, like do such a good job on uh, accommodating you. I mean, remember how fun was it just to ride? The spurts of riding we did, sometimes I felt like we stopped a little bit too much, but it didn't matter because stop and talk about the truck you almost got ran over by yeah. and have some chai from like a little <laughs> chick in a shed on the side of a mountain. Well, I was telling Nice like that trip opened me up to so many new possibilities because before when I travel, you know, finding a place to eat and stay like that was part of it. So you, I didn't realize how much I was missing of experiencing the places I was at. Yeah. And not having to think about that shit where you were literally just soaking up the atmosphere, the culture, the people, yeah. and everything else and not worrying about that shit. Our only was job so was awesome. just ride like animals. Not die. And not, not die, die. And get to the next spot and wherever you were stopping, it was going to be cool because Bear and Booty had some yeah, chai. They already had it figured out. And then everywhere we stayed at was awesome. And we had great dinners and just good food. Like, just uh, the whole experience. Like, they do a really good job at just making it perfect, really. Dude, it was, yeah. And me and Mies were talking about, like, oh, yeah, maybe, you know, it, it seems like a lot of money, right? We're like, but even if we would, even going over there and having done it now, I couldn't go over there and do that trip for cheaper. I'd no. be, you know, paying to have my bike fixed the whole time. You know, like, it, it, you couldn't do it. You couldn't even no. come close to that experience. No, there's no way possible. No, it's not. So it's like you look at the cost, and it 
might seem like a lot, but once you've done it, you're like, dude, that was chump change. <laughs> yeah, I mean, compared to the remember, lifetime remember experience Remember like three days in, everybody was like, dude, if it ended tomorrow, I feel like I got all of it, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, like we were joking, with our trip especially, I felt like we were just every day we got to the next level on we a video game. Up. Yeah, like <laughs> toward the end of the trip, I'm like, all right, we're, we've we all survived. Like all we gotta do, we gotta just get past these last two days and then we finally get to fly out of here. <laughs> that was some good riding though, man. Well, dude, I got to meet some good people. Meeting Gary and Meese and then getting them to go to Mexico with me this year was, that was, that yeah. was another amazing trip. Well, you know, when it started, uh, you know, I got invited to go on the trip. And then, you know, I called Bear. I'm like, look, man, I got two buddies that want to go. And he's like, well, you know, and I'm like, I know how it is. But I'm like, these two dudes, they're trained professionals. <laughs> like, we won't be waiting on anybody. Yeah, these yeah. dudes got their act together. You know, they, they ride bikes. They know how to get the job done. Like, they're not, I'm not bringing two chodes with me, you know. So he's like, all right, cool. And then, of course, obviously, they fit in perfect. And yeah. Just a great, Fucking great Fucking Gary rode injured the whole, almost the whole trip. Yeah, we won't talk about how he got injured. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that was so much worse than what we thought it was. I mean, you know, each day he's like, you know, we're like, hey, dude, you're, you're going to be fine, you know? Suck it up. Yeah. He never really he whined about it the whole time, No, though. he didn't. He really didn't. No, I mean, and then when we get back, the dude's got to pretty much have his shoulder cut off and replaced. <laughs> and we're like, dude, you he rode the whole like week that? like that? Like, wow. Oh. I think if I'd have had that injury, I'd have just laid in the poop ditch over there and cried for the whole week and been like, come and get me when you get back. <laughs> oh. He just freaking tied that rig up every day and just rode like he was a professional. He, he trained well, professional. Well, he is a professional, trained yeah. professional. He got the job done. Yeah, that was good, dude. Yeah, and on the Mexico trip, he showed up to my house. When it started out, he was like, all right, we're going to trailer down there. Me and me are coming. And I was like, no, you can't trailer to my house. Not before we go into Mexico. Yeah. You can't, we can't test and tune in Mexico. Yeah, like, if you can't ride your bike here, then, you know, I don't know what to tell you, but you ain't going with me. <laughs> Yeah. And oh my gosh, am I so glad I did that. He showed up and we still had to, we stripped it down again. Yeah, it was good. That was, GT he's 5, a trained professional for sure. Yep. He's got his own schedule and his things, but he'll, he'll get her done. Oh, That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I saw that trip. I was so bummed I couldn't go. Like, you know, with just the construction and everything I had going on here, I had so many decisions that might need to be made. And I'm oh, like, yeah. you know. You gotta be on hand. I gotta be there to, you know, like, hey man, like we're building this wall, it's a foot off, how do you want us to do it? You know, I might be like, well, add five foot to it, so we just extend this room. Yeah. But I can't make those decisions in Mexico, working on Gary's bike on the side of the road. I don't think we touched his bike once we got there. No, I bet I bet Gary's bike. I rode that bike once. That bike is really, well, not since he put the new motor in it, but when I rode it the last time, it was really strong. Oh, yeah. It's a good running bike for sure. And Gary rides the wheels off that bike. Like, if you're like, if you ever think, where's Gary at right now? He's probably sitting on that seat somewhere, hammering down the road somewhere <laughs> at all moments. Oh, man. <clears throat> 
Yeah, that was a fucking. That was a. That was a different experience than Nepal. You know, I didn't have it planned out like Bear and Booty. Yeah, I kind of figured. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's crazy is how close that is to me, and like I, I'd never been there before. Like, there's some epic riding, like right across the border. Now, things can go really wrong really fast, right? there but mm-hmm. you know it's oh, for sure worth exploring. i was kind of wondering i was like well oh dude jeff it's nice was knowing feeling... you guys have fun with dan <laughs> yeah. like fill jeff me in was feeling him full of bad news oh dude. my brother jeff yeah, yeah dude. oh dude he was like, who knows what jeff was telling oh fuck it there's a couple times gary would send me links to stories of in the places we're going to like, hey did, have you seen this and i'm like no dude i i don't look at that <laughs> i stuff. don't pay like, any attention you know, to that stuff no I'd be getting cold feet if I was looking at that stuff. Yeah. He's like, well, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Like, should we even be going there? And I'm like, probably not. You know? <laughs> this isn't that kind of trip. Like, everything we're about to do, we probably really shouldn't be doing, but we're going to do it. Yeah, and there's a chance we won't even get to do it when we get there. But I bet when you, you got there, you're probably like, well, that stuff's I mean, just it, full of crap. No. It was pretty sketchy? I mean, there, it, it, you, it could, it, little things could have turned into big things really quick. Really? Know, like, yeah, you don't want to break down. I mean, kind of like Nepal. Like, there wasn't going to be... We were going to be able to phone in a helicopter if somebody got hurt, you know? Oh, yeah. And the guys that would have showed up... Maybe not trained very well. <laughs> well or... <laughs> no, I'm talking about beyond the call. Like, if somebody would have drive down some of those roads, it wouldn't be like, you know, your local fucking plumber on his way to a job. You know, this this local would have a different job, you know? Uh, I tools. feel you. <laughs> different tools. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Different set of tools for a different job. Oh, yeah. So are you going to have a party here or what? Yeah. We talked about it. Well, as you can see, today they're actually doing the asphalt on the road. And then um, by spring, I'll have upstairs done how I want it. So, I'm, you know, I'm thinking next year to have a good open house invite type show, you know, get some buddies here. And, you know, the area here is... On Wednesday nights, they have bike night at a couple of the bars, and uh, it's like a small surges every Wednesday night around here. There's a lot of people, so I think it'd be really cool just to be able to. I'm kind of happy to have a shop, you know, enough to where I can open up and share it with people. Yeah, yeah, just just have some fun, cook some burgers, and talk about motorcycles and stuff. You know, at least we have the room to do it now. You know, our old shop we used to have shop parties, which everybody loved. I'd pull some semi truck trailers out and. Uh, you know, bands would play and stuff like that, and uh, they were always good times. <clears throat> but then I just got to a point to where we got busy enough, and I didn't want to do them anymore because I didn't have the time to do them, and I didn't just want to be janky and throw something together. You know, I was like, those shows had time and effort put into them, and I'm mm-hmm. like, if I'm going to do something, they either got to be on that level or better. So then I kind of just had to quit doing them because I was traveling so much, you know, with Ludside and stuff back then. Um, I guess I just didn't have time to do them. So now I'm pretty excited to kind of be planted a little bit more and not traveling as much as I used to and just kind of uh, host parties and stuff I think will be a good time. Yeah. I'm excited for fuel this weekend, though. Fuel's going to be good. It's going to be real good. I mean, what are the main stables you do? Sturgis? You do Daytona, too, right? No? I haven't been in Daytona in a while. Um, Just... You know, with our race seasons, it seems like we start. Now I do series to where I can race all winter. 
you know, but uh, a lot of the series that we run start right around Daytona or the week before Daytona, and it's like for like the last five, six years, that's the start of the season every yeah. time. I just can't make it down there. So uh, I've been in Daytona in a minute, but pretty much now Sturgis, like this year, was my 21st year in a row to Sturgis. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> and then, um, you know, we do Mama Tried, Fuel, um, Chris Tennessee. Cowan. Tennessee, yep, Tennessee, which is amazing. That's that's such a good time. And then uh, Chris Cowan's actually starting up the smoke out again in 2022 down in Salisbury, the, the OG original spot. So I'll that's definitely. That's a must, huh? Oh, yeah. That's a. Uh, that's kind of the show we cut our teeth on, you know, as a smoke out throughout the years. And um, so we'll definitely, that'll be in our arsenal of shows that we hit every year, so. And you're bringing back, which one are you bringing back for next year? Both those bikes, the Impaler <coughs> and what's the other one? Whiskey Bent. Whiskey Bent. Yeah, we'll have all of our original stuff down there. Um, the Impaler is kind of iconic because we used to do those crazy flaming burnouts on that thing. Like you can even tell the taillights still melted and stuff on it. <laughs> so uh, I'll either put that one or Whiskey Bent in the show. I might ride one of them down there. It just depends on how many people's going and who all can help drive the vehicles and stuff we have yeah. to get there. If I don't have to actually drive a vehicle, I'd like to ride. We used to ride that show every year, which was really cool. Big group of us. Salisbury. How long has it been since they were there? <clears throat> Man, it's been a long time. Because that was the original spot. <clears throat> then they moved to, I think, what was it, Hickory? And that's in Virginia? Then to Rockingham, uh, North Carolina. North Carolina. North Carolina. So they moved to, I, I went to all of them, I just can't remember which. One, two, three. I think it changed to three spots, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, yeah, then it ended up at Rockingham there for the last handful of years that it was going on, which was still a good time. But it just kind of eventually faded away, you know. But it's really cool that Chris is bringing it back because we always said the original, the original smokeouts were the best. I mean, the Holiday Inn... That's where everybody hung out at the end of the night was Holiday Inn. I mean, Big Ben had been his, his whole semi-truck trailer in there, and, dude, it's just the whole parking lot was full of people. Burnouts everywhere. One night we brought out, uh, there was about five of us, we brought out uh, the desk chairs out of our rooms yeah. that had the wheels on them, and we ratchet-strapped them to the back of motorcycles, and we were having races. <laughs> We're having races around the Holiday Inn Express, pulling people in chairs behind the motorcycles. We had Chris Callen going so fast that burnt the wheels off the chair. <laughs> people be doing burnouts. They built us a burnout pit right at the front door of the Holiday Inn. The Holiday Inn no had way, us a burnout dude. pit right at their front door. And this was a very nice establishment. Yeah, it like was. Like the, what do you call that, the overhang or whatever? Mm -hmm. Freaking burnout pit right there. Like where you pull up to park at the front yeah. office? just letting us do whatever we wanted to do there. You, the, the police would just be hanging out, like, just to make sure, like, if you got hurt, they'd haul you out. 
but other than that, they'd be like, if you lost the wheels on your yeah, the police chair. would be the police would be sitting there like, like, hey man, you should get up here and do a burnout on it. Like they'd be egging people on to go tear their stuff up. Oh yeah, like they were totally into it. It was just such a good time. Oh fuck yeah, I might have to I might have to make it to that one. Yeah. Yep, and it was what was cool about that too is it was just at like uh, their fairgrounds, and back then this fairgrounds was like nothing more than a really rough 4-H like type facility farm kind yeah. of you know that's all it was now i think they got like a nicer enclosed building chris said like i'm sure that throughout time it's it's probably going to be a lot different than we're used to but it's still it's the same spot yeah it's still going to be sweet for sure it's just probably going to be nicer <laughs> for a minute yeah for nice for a minute so that's why you can't have nothing nice sick well i know we got some shit to do so we can go to cleveland this evening yep hey man i appreciate you having me out cool Letting brother me ride yesterday zach if you're listening your bike's fucking bad to the bone yep it passed me on a hill that i couldn't climb and dan rode right by me but not I really gonna, i wasn't gonna say it. that on air whatever but I'll i was just everybody. like who does this who's this guy we just i figured it, i thought it was somebody else that wasn't even part of our <laughs> group at that point yeah you're like who could ride this bad yeah well, it was me. Who can't make it I'll throw myself hill? under the bus. No, I think, you know, just trusting you guys. I rode some shit yesterday that, you know, if I'd have came up on it, I'd have gone. I probably wouldn't have tried to do it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm like, fuck, these guys are, you know, this is, they know, they know this isn't my bike, you know. They've seen what I've done so far. Like, surely it'll work, you know. Well, yeah, we always I surprise joke. myself. Yeah, we always joke. It's like, I'll let pretty much anybody ride my dirt bike and it's it's like you're not going to crash it any worse than i've crashed it yeah you know like that's how i feel about my chopper yeah dirt bikes are kind of like if you're not wrecking your dirt bike you're not really riding it yeah you know so we got bar ends on them you're not going to break the clutch levers off and stuff so it's like fall over if you got to i almost took it i almost dropped it once going up over one of those fucking climbing rock hills fucking front wheel straight up into the air. I thought I was going to roll back on the Mies and somehow saved it. It's those big, long legs you got. Yeah, dude, they help a lot. <laughs> they help a lot. There's no falling over when you got six-foot-long legs. <laughs> yeah, that definitely had a lot to do with it, man. Cool. But cool, brother. Yeah, let's get to work. Let's get up here to Fuel Cleveland. Appreciate it. All right. Dude, 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 dude. So, after I got done sitting down with Pat, fucking Gary showed up with his dog. We rolled over to Cycle Electric. I got to tour the facilities. Amazing. And uh, I got to meet Nick and Carl. Dude, that's a... What an amazing operation they have. It's so rad to be be able to support a company like that that's just all born and bred here in America. And, you know... Cycle Electric, yeah, it's probably the most expensive charging system out there, but it's the best fucking charging system out there. And just know that your money is going to beautiful people that are putting those components together, and they stand by their work, dude. It was rad to see Nick at Fuel Cleveland set up at Pat's booth, and he had some hats and some T-shirts. I don't know if he was selling them or just giving them all away. And he had some, like, some, uh, some messed-up blemish parts you know like stuff that he wasn't going to sell through the company but you know he would sell at a discounted price in person and but really what he was doing was just answering people's questions like he literally went there to just inform people because 
dude, I know charging system, electrical shit. That's like, I don't get it all. You know, I just, it doesn't, it's not all clicking. And dude, Nick's a wizard and he's great at communicating. Uh, and so it was just cool to see him like show up, be present and like to just help people, you know, like he wasn't there trying to make money or like, I don't know. It was just cool to see. And it's, it's, it's humbling and uh, refreshing to know and see where those products come from and that it's dude that's such rad dudes doing it i mean carl you'll hear him on the show next week well and it was that was a tough podcast i'll, I'll tell you right now it was like one of the tougher ones i think it was because i was just more mind blown at everything they do to make these generators and these alternators and these stators and regulators and rectifiers and all this shit that's foreign to me it's even more foreign to me when I see how it's all made. It was like, oh, my God, these guys are wizards. I don't know how to communicate with wizards. Um, anyways, it was good. Pat, Thanks, thank you once again. I really enjoy your shop. And, uh, dude, dude, I love you, bud. That's it. Let's get out of here. Later. Later. <laughs>